Hello and welcome to Inevitable Change, a podcast about all things growth, change and cyclical systems in the natural and emotional world. I'm Johanna. And I'm George. And today we're sowing the seeds of this podcast. Who are these strange people? Yeah, sowing the seeds of this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I do think we probably need to introduce ourselves. Um, hi, I'm a human being. Um, I'm, I'm, oh yeah, my name, I'm Johanna. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm currently studying horticulture. Uh, I have an interest in plants. Also have an interest in illustrating plants. I also study botanical illustration for that reason. Um, mm-hmm. So yes, I'm an illustrator. I guess I'm an artist. Just generally, kind of enjoy doing creative things, and often creative things that kind of relate to nature in some way because nature really fascinates me and inspires me a lot. I'm I'm a sensitive person. That's definitely something that defines me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah, I. I love mushrooms in particular, but I mean, not more than plants, maybe more than plants. I don't know. I just, I love, love all things fungi mm-hmm. and, and plants. <laughs> I, I really enjoy nature journaling and generally documenting nature. Um, I'm also interested in sustainability, uh, regenerative design, permaculture. Yeah, I guess that, I guess that's me. Yeah. Uh, I'm quite similar to that, I guess. Um, my name's George. Uh, I kind of just consider myself to be a human being in George. Um, Both human beings, wow. Yeah, I know. Would you believe it? I'm not a dog just sitting here speaking to a podcast. I would listen to that. Yeah, it'd be quite cool, huh? Maybe uh, I, I don't consider myself a dog. I consider myself <laughs> a horticulturalist and a uh, gardener, uh, but also a prospective farmer or like a market gardener or a grower. Um, that's my dream. I my dream to have a productive, but also resilient and regenerative agricultural sort of uh, piece of land that I haven't quite decided what I want to do yet. But I love plants and I love everything around them, especially vegetables and trees because they have a use uh, other than aesthetic value. Um, it's also the reason why I love permaculture. And I really like the idea of creating resilient land-based communities. I feel like we've lost a lot of our connection to the land and that the return to that would be quite, uh, yeah, quite a good thing. Yeah, before, before we get into this episode, I think the podcast kind of deserves an introduction. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, especially because the title, I guess, sounds a bit gloomy, you could Impending. say. A bit, yeah, Ominous. inevitable. It's how, inevitable. Yeah. It's you really, you happen. really didn't like the title when I was like, I want to make a podcast called Inevitable Change. And I was always and like, was oh, like, that Whoa. sounds so depressing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not depressing because, so basically the way that it came to be, the title and the podcast, I guess, is um, that me personally, I've kind of always felt that change is really scary, especially because you can't really stop it from happening. You know, like the passing of time, for example. My God, when I was young, I would literally cry in my bed and be like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Everybody's going to die. And I'm, I was such an annoying child. But yeah, I'm, I'm still a bit like that, I guess. But I've been really trying to force myself to see beauty and change or to see something positive in it. Yeah. So that's where the change bit comes from. Um, so, you know... It, I think the thing is that it's quite fascinating that some things occur in cycles 
And that was one of the first things that I was really interested in. I was like, oh, wow, look, like plants have actual life cycles I can observe. And especially through the seasons, I can really see that. And I was really fascinated by it. Um, And I guess it gave me a bit of a peace of mind that nothing can stay the same. But it, it, it also kind of keeps coming back in these cycles. And everything still is in a state of flux, in a sense. And that that state of flux is just inevitable. But it doesn't have to be a bad thing, you know, the inevitable change isn't necessarily a bad thing because the change itself is a constant. Like it's um, a bit like certainty within uncertainty. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Yeah, I know. I completely understand that. I mean, I guess a certainty for everything that's ever lived is it's going to be born or Mm. there's going to be a start for it somewhere. There's going to have a life. And then it's going to have a death. They're all biological attributes in humans and every organism. Um, and I guess sometimes as well, knowing and remembering that you're part of something bigger can be quite scary. Mm-hmm. But I also yeah. find it quite humbling, knowing that you like slot into place in the universe or like slotting into place within everything else around you, like being connected to the wider picture is quite a humbling thing. It makes you less arrogant. Um, <laughs> and I guess like... The maxim, all things must change, kind of sums up most of life. Everything trying to return to its lowest energy state, entropy, you know, everything is winding down towards death. And it, it doesn't, it, this sounds depressing, but it doesn't yeah, have to be depressing. Because right. um, there, is, there is a solace in accepting this change and, a, you know, adapting towards it um, and, and just sort of accepting it, but changing yourself so that it, it, it's less harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, think about climate change, how you adapt yourself now will be a defining thing for the future, you know. Um, And I guess in this podcast, we're going to reflect on our own experiences and other people's experiences whilst being rooted uh, (laughs) in natural (laughs) themes and topics. (laughs) So, yeah, for the first episode, we're going to chat about the beginning of most plants, which is seeds. Seeds. We're going to be chatting about seeds. Everybody loves seeds. Da, 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 da. Hello, hello. Uh, if you've ever grown your own plants from seed, you'll know that there's a massive diversity in shape, texture, size, and even colour of these seeds. You'll also know that the process of sowing, watering, and observing how your plants grow is incredibly rewarding. There's something biologically and intrinsically inside us all that it's just so satisfying when you see that first seedling come up oh, yes and it just and how it harvest harvests and it just grows and you're just looking after it and then you harvest it and you just oh. you, you reap the rewards of all of the <laughs> hard work that you put into it and that's why i love harvesting stuff from our allotment oh yeah totally it's just so it's just so mm. satisfying it feels like all the effort you put in was really worth it and you get to eat it it's amazing it's so good uh, yeah, sorry, I'm getting a little bit distracted. <laughs> We're thinking of all these vegetables on our allotment, ready to be harvested. Yeah, we are, um, think of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back to seeds and plants reproducing. So plants can reproduce through either sexual or asexual reproduction. And if you don't know what asexual reproduction is, because it sounds a bit odd, um, I'm thinking of an example here. So basically... I think a good one is if you leave a potato out just you know in the kitchen and you didn't use it and it starts to grow these weird things and these <laughs> weird things are called chits 
Um, they're quite alien-like. Yeah, they? they look a bit lumpy, bumpy, a little bit hairy yeah. almost. And then if you leave it long enough, they start to go green and the potato will start to go green. And that's because mm-hmm. it's starting to like photosynthesize and trying to grow into a new potato plant. Yeah. But basically, if you put that potato just in the soil, uh, it will grow a potato plant with the same genetic material of that potato. Mm-hmm. So asexual reproduction is basically just a part of a plant that grows into this, like not the same plant, but the same genetically identical sort of plant. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically it's just a clone, isn't it? Yeah, it's a clone, it's literally a clone. I mean, it, I guess it's a pretty good thing that we haven't figured out how to, like, shit humans. Shit humans. That sounds incredibly really unappealing to us. doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you think about it, like, cloning is kind of this sort of, you know, very controversial thing. Mm. Um, but plants have been doing it for absolutely ages. I mean, so many other organisms and plants have been doing this for a long time. Um, so... Yeah, making everything that's genetically identical to them is kind of normal, like with cuttings mm, yeah. and, you know... Um, banana, the banana plant. Bananas, like little little offsets and succulents yeah. that you get. Um, all sorts of things like that. They're all genetically identical to the parent plant. Um, especially the same thing with uh, all ornamental plants. Almost mm-hmm. all ornamental mm-hmm. plants When are, they have a specific trait you want to keep, you'll try and, like... Exactly. Um, reproduce asexual. Yeah, you try... You, well, you have to reproduce yeah, asexual. Yeah, otherwise, otherwise you're not lost. sure if you'll get like the same traits. Like variegation, mm-hmm. you know, variegation, like dwarf stocks and, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but then we move on to sexual reproduction. Sexual reproduction is quite straightforward. It's basically, like, sperm and egg sort of situation, you know, and mm-hmm. the genetic material always like mixes depending on what the parents are mm-hmm. um and the end result of this um reproduction is a seed and that's what we're going to be talking about because the seed is also the beginning of a new plant life and it's also the end of a plant's life as well exactly yeah end and beginning really yeah on... the beginning of the end the end of the beginning oh wow everything <laughs> goes in cycles um <laughs> Anyway, yeah, some good examples, I guess, uh, or or commonly known examples would be like sunflower seeds. <clears throat> yummy. Sunflower seeds, yes. pumpkin seeds, any kind of seed pine seeds, eat, like pine. And like pine like you've got apple seeds and prunes, yeah. tomato and seeds. Yeah. All sorts of We've things. We've got it all. We've got it Almost all. Almost every fruit will have some seed in it somewhere. And seeds are mysterious and beautiful. And there's a thunderstorm outside. It sounds nice and gloomy. Yeah, it's kind I of cozy, isn't it? I like the sound from like mm. rain, you know, in the background. Yeah, makes you feel like snuggly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, back back to the seeds. Back to the seeds. Um, so, what's actually inside a seed, George? Can you tell me? <laughs> uh, yeah. So most seeds are, are kind of very similar. Um, all seeds will contain an embryo, and this embryo is like part of a. Uh, it's part of the plant that carries all the genetic information, all the DNA in it. So this is the stuff that like codes the plant and mm-hmm. what okay. it's going to grow like and all that sort of stuff. And then they also have this other storage. Not all plants have this, but a lot of plants have an endosperm, which is a, a storage tissue. It contains starches and proteins and sometimes oils. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually you know, manipulate and grow some of these plants for the purpose of harvesting the endosperm. For example, sunflower rapeseed oil is just crushed endosperm. The oil comes out of it and we use it to cook. Yummy. Yeah. Um, it's pretty we, yummy, though. It it's is like, pretty yummy. It's the same with bread, isn't it? Yeah, so we, yeah, we, we, we use the uh, wheat endosperm to make flour. <laughs> so. Really big endosperm. You know when you like pick up one of the wheat 
um, like thingies. Like, mm-hmm. I guess when they're forming the seeds, mm-hmm. you can pick it off, and it's really nice and squishy. The endosperm when it's not dry yet, mm. you can if you just peel off like kind of the stuff. If you squeeze it. it as well, it's quite yeah. sort of like starchy yeah. looking as well. If you feel really mm-hmm. like squidgy, but you squeeze it and starch comes It's out. yummy. It's very delicious. Mm, pretty tasty. If it's not a spade, it's loads of pesticides. Oh. Oh wait, you forgot. You forgot about the coat. The seeds have a coat. Oh yeah, so all seeds like yeah. So wrapped up in all of this, um, all of the seeds have a tester or a seed coat. Um, comfy jacket. It's just basically like a comfy jacket. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I guess this jacket is like infused with like Kevlar and like. All sorts of things that would make you protected. It's like water, mostly mm. waterproof. Um, so yeah, and then you, on this tester, you also have like a little hole uh, that water can come in in and out of, and all of your bits and bobs come out of when you germinate. That sounds really appealing. Yum! All your bits and bobs mm-hmm. they just come out when you yeah, germinate. You mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I guess we eat quite a few seeds as well. Um, I think we already mentioned some earlier. Yeah, we, we eat a lot of chia and flax seeds. Oh, I love them on porridge, especially. Yeah. Yummy. They're very nutrient-rich, yeah. uh, very good to eat. But the reason I guess why they're so nutrient-rich is because they need all of those nutrients and all of that energy. It's all condensed down to that mm-hmm. small thing so that they can grow into a new plant. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, so they can germinate mostly, so isn't it? Germinate, it just yeah. costs so much just energy for the plant. That, yeah, exactly. It's it like gets the it first, first point from when it's coming like, out sort of situation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pop out those first leaves. So yeah. Ooh, oh wow. <laughs> seeds are seeds are really diverse in size as well. So it's not just a seed is a seed. I mm-hmm. mean, a seed is a seed, yes, but like an avocado seed isn't a poppy seed sort of thing, you know. And um, there is this one seed that really fascinates me. It's from the sea coconut plant, mm-hmm. and it's like the biggest seed I think. I'm pretty sure. How big um, is it? It's like. 40 to 50 centimeters in diameter Jeez. it's really big and it looks a bit like a butt it's, like, it's not <laughs> oh, yeah. it's not it super pretty but it's a bit yeah yeah and it can weigh up to like 30 kilos it's really cool it's it's basically a coconut but a huge coconut in a butt shape i don't know yeah, it's a pretty good palm yeah on the other side of that though i know that the smaller seed is definitely from an orchid um when you compare the sizes uh, the orchid is only like 85 micrometers, which is like dust. <laughs> Compare that to like 50 centimeters, you can sort of see the range of yeah. size. It's, it's absolutely enormous. And an interesting fact about orchid seeds is that because they don't have an endosperm, like we talked about before, mm-hmm. you need an endosperm to to grow. It's the part that gives all of the energy towards the um, the establishment of the plant and the germination. Because they don't have that, they need to get their food from somewhere else. So they connect to mycorrhizal fungi. And that's what they mm. need to germinate, which is also why they don't really germinate very well outside of their natural habitat. Yeah. It's difficult to have orchids. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll talk about fungi as well in a, in a later episode, I hope. In oh, yeah, no, fungi are yeah, really yeah. interesting. That'd be such a great yeah. topic. But I don't know, seeds are seeds are really diverse and, and kind of adapt to loads of different habitats around the world. So... It, that's why they have these different shapes and these yeah, different totally. kind of techniques and mm, it's just like natural selection isn't it exactly like, yeah it's competition and survival of the fittest i guess yeah if, um, if every plant had the same life cycle and the same type of seed and the same growing technique there'd be literally no diversity well yeah it would just be literally like a monoculture 
A monoculture world. Sounds like hell. Yeah, it doesn't sound very boring. But it's not. It's not natural, you know. Like plants naturally grow in all these little niches, and they all have their have their kind of place where they fit in. You know, when you when you look at like a rainforest sort of ecology, it's so fascinating. It's so diverse. Yeah, like the bio- yeah. yeah, just the stacking of the system. Yeah, it's just so some, complex. See, like the orchids, they can grow like on trees. Yeah, and like then, an epiphyte. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then there is loads of plants that grow in different levels, kind of on mm-hmm. the trees and also on the ground, and it's, it's just so fascinating. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm but off. not even all plants have seeds because some have spores. Yeah, like bryophytes, uh, like mosses. mosses yeah, yeah, it's called bryophytes. I love the word mosses and liverworts, ferns as well. Hornworts, isn't that one? Yeah, hornworts. Yeah, and even within the seed world, some of, they all have different things. Like mm-hmm. so, like uh, pines are different to deciduous trees, mm-hmm. uh, things yeah. like that. Definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, also fungi also produce spores. Yeah, but they're not. But they're yeah. not plants. So. But they st- they definitely produce spores, though. Yes. Um, but I don't know. Imagine yourself floating, drifting with the wind, each blow taking you further away from your mother. You're a dandelion seed, guided by a white papa's parachute gliding in the wind. When you grow up, you will have several little florets blooming in bright shades of yellow. But first, you must find a place to settle, floating down and down until you nestle gently in the soft earth and you feel the light of the sun above you and the moisture of the soil envelops you and you imbibe the water available. Starting to swell, you feel a rush of energy and put out a tentative radical. Your first root, the conditions are right. A gentle drizzle moistens the soil and you're safe from drying out now, but what if you drown? At this moment, you're most vulnerable. Although so full of energy, you're also at your very weakest. What if something gets you, steps on you, eats you? You wait out the rain, and when it stops, the sun comes out. You can almost hear it. It's time to put out your first leaves, photosynthesize, grow, now grow. With all the energy you have, you push them out, and the sunlight, gentle but bright enough, feels nourishing on your delicate cotyledons. The stress of germination is almost over, breaking you free from your seed coat confines you can begin to establish. So yeah, much like the germination of a seed, uh, your success in growing your ideas, your experiences in your life depends on the right conditions. Yeah, just, just like us, plants need simple to complex conditions to thrive, starting with the seed. And sometimes your environment doesn't allow you to thrive or succeed, whatever that may mean to you personally. Um, I think it's quite a loving way to think of yourself and your well-being um, because your environment has a huge impact on who you are and how you can develop as a person. You know. Yeah. On a side note, I think I think if you were a plant, you'd probably be like a mimosa because you're quite sensitive. You know, one of those plants that like curls up when oh, you those, touch them. Oh, those, yeah, they're really beautiful. 
Yeah, they are yeah. beautiful. Did you know they did like um, a research on those um, because they were trying to find out whether plants can remember things? Mm-hmm. And they did this research where they, I think they dribbled water in it or something, and then the plant mm. like learned that it wasn't a threat, so it stopped actually moving mm. in reaction to the water, but it did still react to other touches, mm. and it was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That is interesting. Sorry, they just made yeah, me think of that. Plant consciousness. It, anyway, like if you stuff. if you were a plant though, um, I think you'd be a turnip. A turnip. You're obsessed with turnips. <laughs> Like, no kidding, George loves turnips. He's constantly talking about growing turnips. Oh, Hannah, can we sow yeah, some turnips? Turnips are, like, great. They're, like, an undervalued <laughs> vegetable, you know? Like, they're not even that delicious. Yeah, like, but they're, so what if they're not delicious? You can grow them in, like, four weeks. They're, like, a great food. <laughs> There's other things you can grow in four weeks. Like, like a radish. radish. Yeah, but radish is about as tasty as turnips. Okay, fair enough. At least you can eat And you can raw. eat the turnip, like, tops if you get the right ones. Oh, you know? uh, yeah, you can. Okay. They're quite tasty if they're not hairy. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> turnips are great. Grow turnips. Yeah, I think we can we can all see a little bit of ourselves in plants, really. Yeah, that's true. You know, maybe you're a tough and beautifully blooming poppy or a dandelion that can grow and thrive on disturbed land, and maybe you need more loving and moist, well-drained soils. Yeah, like a pampered rose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think if, if if I could choose any kind of plant, I'd probably be like a tree, a really old, like deciduous. Yeah, deciduous tree with large, deep roots, you know, mm. connecting to your neighbours. Like a big oak tree. Yeah, like a big oak tree in a forest, mm. all those sort of mycorrhizal connections. And um, yeah, and yeah, it'd probably be like a, a wrinkly, a wrinkly old tree. Maybe, or maybe I'd be a young tree. Just maybe trying to, a young like, tree now. To grow you're my roots young. into new territories. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not old and wrinkly yet, you're right. You're right. Yeah. What about you? I don't know. You know, what about those um, thistles? With the really long tap roots. Oh, ones, yeah. The ones uh, that are really annoying to weed out. They're enormous. Because so, once you start growing, you're really not easily stopped. Like, yeah, once they've got the tap it. root, they're in. Uh-huh. They're just there for the long stay. Their tap root is just, yeah. I suppose that's good for the thistle, but, like, kind of annoying for the gardener. <laughs> I mean, I, I hate pulling those yeah, things out. But... Fair enough. Um, but what about ideas? Uh, ideas? Yeah, like, um, like, when you have lots of ideas, I mean... And we need to have the time to carry them out. Oh, right, okay. It's like my life all the time. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. But basically what I mean is like your environment isn't always right for what you want to achieve or experience. Yeah, yeah. So no, you, you just definitely. don't have the time, you know. And that's... Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I guess it's just, I guess, I guess it's just like sometimes you just got to wait, you know, find the right environment. Um, I guess it's easier for humans. We can kind of maybe like move. A bit better than a plant can. I guess a plant kind of just has <laughs> Maybe to like... Maybe a bit better. A plant can... Oh, some people might not, not be able to move, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess it's just... Uh, yeah, but as a human, you're usually... Able. You are more mobile. Yeah, mobile rather than... Yeah. Yeah, with a plant, I guess you've just kind of got to wait it out or die, isn't it? Like It's just where you end up, you where you end die. Up. Yeah, totally. Um, that's kind of depressing, but no, it's really fascinating because you know plants have to deal with everything oh, yeah, that we do. have plants, to deal with in one place. So. That's true. That's true. And that's why they're so cool. I I suppose with humans it might require maybe like a change of place, um, mm. but it could also just be a change of mind. You know, attitude could be a change of season. Uh, it could take. It could even just be trying again. You know, just stopping, reflecting, looking at your idea. Mm. And having another go in a slightly different way, like using lateral thinking, you know, don't take the first 
solution that you've thought of as the only solution that can there can ever be. Mm-hmm. Have a think around the problem, go back to it, dig a new hole, and try dig again. Dig a new hole. Yeah. And pop in that idea. See what grows. <laughs> yeah. I guess reflecting on this podcast, um, it was quite a process. You know, it was an idea like that once. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And I think I think it's been quite a long journey. We've put a lot of effort into it. I'm not sure if it actually turned out well. Um, but I do hope we've created something mildly interesting. And, I mean, this is only really the beginning. So we'll probably, yeah, we'll probably not be great when we start, you know. But we'll hopefully get better. And I do hope that we can explore many topics that are interesting mm-hmm. to us and interesting to you. And also important and kind of... Um, fun as well i want to have fun too you know um for however long this this thing may go on um yeah yeah i guess um i think we'd love to hear from you it's only the beginning like you just said uh yeah but we'd love to hear what you think about inevitable change like not just the podcast but possible topics you know anything that you could want to hear about discuss uh, it'd mean a lot if you could leave a review or a rating or even just any kind of feedback. Just feel free to message us. Um, yeah, yeah, you can you can contact me on Instagram. Um, uh, you can find me under Fiorere. I'll put it in the description. But I'm also making a Instagram page for this podcast specifically, so we can easily get in touch with you. And maybe if you're interested in being in the podcast or on, on, that's probably what I mean, on the podcast as well, then do contact me if you think you've got something to say or you want to want to just be here for a good chat. Uh, we'd love to have you. And I, d- I don't know, I guess. I guess we'll just leave you some final questions, you know, yeah. some reflections. What um, seeds are you currently sowing in your life, you know? Yeah. Are you are you growing something? Are you growing a project, or maybe you're finishing, like a course, or um, planning a a trip somewhere? Yeah, or maybe you're just even just growing turnips. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I guess we'll leave you with these questions, and thank you very much for tuning in, and yeah, listening to inevitable change. Yeah. Until next time. Until next time. Wait, 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 wait. We have some book recommendations for you. And at every episode end, we will have some books. Some books, you know. They'll also be in the description. Um, so if you don't understand our horrible quarrelling, is that a word? Qu- quarrels? Quarrels. Quarrelling. Quarrelling. I feel like I've heard that word. It sounds very funny. Mm-hmm. It's like bickering. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, here is, here is George's book recommendation list. Uh, yeah, so if you're interested in the biology and the processes behind seed germination, right the way from when it first starts to swell or when it comes off the plant to establishing and growing onwards, um, you could maybe have a look at some quite simple sort of overviews in Botany for Gardeners by Brian Capon. That's a good summary in it. There is also the Botany for the Gardener by Jeff Hodge. I think that's by the RHS. It's one of those um, sort of nice, beautiful hardback editions um, and if you want to go into maybe slightly more detail they have science we also have science in the garden um, that's where Ingram Vince Prue and Gregory um, yeah all of those should give you a, a rough sort of overview uh, not too detailed 
but enough to sort of maybe satisfy your interest. Um, I'm sure there's other books that you could always read on it too. But if you're interested in seed saving um, and a sort of a, a market garden or vegetable sort of um, aspect on it, then you could have a look at Seed to Seed, which is a seed saving and growing techniques for vegetable gardeners by Suzanne Ashworth. That contains like a lot of different plants uh, in it that you can save seeds from. It's like a step-by-step guide. It's really good for it. Um, and I've used it before, so I'd recommend that. And yeah, I guess that's it. Bye for now.